0: From the Orange County Fire Authority, this is the Pass Along Podcast, where we address firefighter issues from top to bottom, from your
1: helmet down to your boots. Now, here's your host. Welcome to the second podcast of 2022. Uh, this is Kenny Dossie, Deputy Chief of the Emergency Operations Bureau. Uh, today's guest on the show is Jeremy Vallone. Hi, Jeremy. How are you? Good. Thanks for coming in. Thank uh, you. Today we uh, are going to cover retire- the retirement system and nobody better to have here than Jeremy to talk about OSERS. Um, And then also uh, the last part of the show, depending on how much time we have, um, I'll reach into and answer some of the questions from the field. Remember the podcast is uh, just for information, for transparency. It's a way to get the message out. We're still gonna use our SOPs, general orders, handbooks, station visits, email, conference calls. That stuff's all very important. This is just another way Uh, just to get the message out, you know, with 77 stations and three shifts, almost 1,500 people. Sometimes the message doesn't get out, so this is a good way to do it. So with that being said, I'll just go ahead and jump into some questions that I have uh, for Jeremy. Uh, Why don't you tell me a little bit about your fire service career?
0: Well, I uh, got hired with OCFA in 2004 in Academy 27, which was the first academy at the new facility we're currently in. did firemen for probably 10 years. Um, I was an engineer for a little over five, and then I just promoted to captain about three years ago. And I've tried to kind of work in every capacity that's been offered to me um, from medic to engineer. Um, I'm currently part time TRT. Um, so I just really tried to explore what the SCFA has to offer. And then I got onto the retirement board uh, about four years ago. And have been doing that ever since. Um, it's an elected position; they are three-year terms, and so I'm sure some of you have uh, received the ballot in the mail, and that was a little less than a year ago. So I got two more years to go, and uh, will evaluate uh, whether I continue or not. I probably will, but it's something I've enjoyed and learned a lot from, and it's just kind of a nice way to give back in something or in a capacity that I feel like I'm I'm decent at. So. That's kind of
1: me. That's good. Uh, what got you involved in wanting to do that? Do you have a background in business or finance or numbers? Or
0: I don't. i um, kind of self-taught. Uh, I have a bachelor's degree in communications and marketing, which has nothing to do with the fire service and or my position here. A lot of it was on-the-job training and just having kind of a hobby of managing my own finances and just enjoying the process of learning, and um, it's been very enlightening educating myself and others on the benefit of having a retirement like we have and being part of OSERS, which in my opinion is one of the best retirement systems in the country. And I've ran into quite a few of them in the process of, um, you know, conferences and whatnot. We are very, very lucky and very fortunate to be in this, in this retirement system. And, um, the more I learn, the more Mm -hmm. I'm thankful for it, to be quite honest.
1: That's, uh, that's pretty interesting. And, and you know, I've, I've told you this before, but I've gotten some real positive feedback from people that are involved with the board and your involvement. Uh, hence, one of the reasons I wanted to have you out here and, and explain this a little bit. So uh, a, a common question in the stations or, or what's common out there is people have different retirements depending on when you got hired. So what can you just kind of just briefly go over what some of the different retirements are that we have right now? Sure. The I'll
0: speak to mostly um, safety members, um, general has got a, a, a much larger, much more diverse retirement system. Um, safety members, we'll say legacy, which really started when we got 3% at 50 in 2003. Those are legacy members. They're, they are three at 50, that is plan E and F. Um, in 2013, PEPRA was enacted, and that was to help share the cost of the increasing um, pension between the employer and the employee. So that prepper numbers are now 2.7 at 57. And that is the current state of all new employees. Um, There are some, there's about 125 or so that are plan Q and R, and those are three at 55. A lot of those were hired Uh, from agencies that were three at 50 and when they converted over to osers they became three at 55 and that's kind of a group that's in the middle there so those are our three main main retirements that you will see in the safety side of it
1: um so yeah that makes sense so uh when a city comes over if they had three percent of 50 you said they come over they get three at 55.
0: not all of them this is one of those caveats that there are a, a small group of people that um when they came over and chose reciprocity became 355. Um, so that is something that, um, like I said, that's individual based. It would be hard to make a statement that would kind of blanket cover everybody. But yes, some of those are um, and others are not.
1: That makes sense. I mean, and and, and that's probably why it's a station around station talk. Everybody has a little different uh, version on what their retirement is. So it kind of makes sense.
0: Yeah, it is. I mean, if you look at it, uh, the, the benefits are all very similar. I mean, PEPRA was a significant change in benefits, and as you guys saw in your email recently, it came out on the compensation earnable in retirement limits. And so, PEPRA for this year, uh, max compensation earnable in retirement for a PEPRA member is going to be 162,000. Now, it's rounded, it was actually 161,900 and change, but. We'll say one hundred and sixty-two thousand, and so there's been concern from people asking me about that, how we're limited on that. But the reality is, if you retire this year, you get one hundred sixty-two thousand, and then you would also get your cola, and so you will actually exceed one hundred sixty-two thousand the following year. And we are one of the very few systems that actually has a compounding interest cola, to where the interest. From the cola the year before will count towards your base salary and keep progressively pushing you up that ladder. Um, so if you look at that, one hundred sixty-two thousand a year, I mean that comes out to be thirteen thousand five hundred dollars a month. Pretty pretty solid retirement. I know it's hard to because a lot of the legacy members are 350 guys, their cap is at 305, significantly different. But for a majority of us, we're not gonna really hit that limit. But the main takeaway from this is that hosters having a compounding interest cola massive massive benefit and if you really start looking at some of the charts that are out there now um, you're seeing how quickly that compounds and it pretty quickly surpasses your three percent service credit of working so the faster you start that retirement process and that cola builds the faster your salary will go up too. so
1: that's good no that's a good explanation that's uh that's interesting um so what is the retirement numbers for this March coming up? I know that's what everybody's kind of curious about. We've seen some stuff and I know there's probably a process to approvals, but we've seen some stuff out there. How does that work if they say we get whatever percentage?
0: Well, so right now, um, and this is this is once again, in each retirement system in California, retirement law is not clear cut. It's very muddy as a lot of things are. They kind of leave it up to individual retirement systems and their legal teams to um, evaluate that and determine how they're gonna interpret California retirement law. And it's, like I said, it's not clear, it's not straight across the board for any retirement system. But um, what we do is we look at the consumer price index, which is the cost of goods, of living, gas, food, um, milk, and we look for uh, Long Beach, LA, and Anaheim. And so what we do is we average the year before, the 12 months, and then we average this year and see the percentage of difference. So the preliminary data right now says it's going to be 4%. Now, we haven't voted um, on this yet. It'll be on the February 22nd meeting, but it looks like 4% is going to be the COLA. So what that means with OSERS is that if you retire before April 1st, you will get a 3% increase in your salary. Anything over 3% will be banked in your COLA bank, which is individual. So each of us, you and I are going to have different COLA banks because we're going to retire at different times. So anytime it goes over 3%, they're going to give you the 3% in your check for that year. You're going to bank the rest. That way, if the following year you get a 2%, they'll automatically take one out of your cola bank and make it a 3 to make you whole. There is no cap on colas. So is it possible to get... Yes, San Diego City will probably get a 6.5%. Now, they calculate it different, so I don't want to get anyone wound up on that, but they calculate things differently. So um, there is... Yeah, so that's pretty much... How that works with the colas
1: is there uh is that for all three of the retirement systems that you explained that are working out in the field right now it, yeah it's the same problem okay that is
0: for everybody in the oser system got it which is general and safety as well as other agencies as well
1: got it um well, here's a good one for you so what should every firefighter out there that's working in our stations what should they know about uh, osers in the retirement system i mean i'll tell you that when you get closer to retirement obviously you start paying attention but it's probably something that you should be looking at whether you're in the beginning of your career or the middle of your career. What's your, what's your take on that or what should they know?
0: Um, I think everyone, I mean, you talk to guys like Brad Lumber who used to work here, was not a financial advisor. You talk to anyone. I mean, you got a plan. I I think for everyone, the the best, the idea is to try and figure out what the end goal looks like and work backwards. So educate yourself on what your benefits are going to be. I mean, it's pretty similar based on retirement plans, but if you're a 2.7 at 57, realize you need to work to 57 to reach your 2.7%, but you also have a cap in salary. Plus you can go early. You can go before 57 years old. You can actually retire at 50 in the PEPPER plan, but the most you're gonna get is 2%. So every year you go early, you're basically gonna forfeit, give or take about 0.1% 0.13% 0.13% depending if your legacy or PEPRA. So you don't have to wait till 57. You can go early if you can have the means to do so. So first thing I would say is familiarize yourself with what plan you are, and what benefits are associated with that plan and how it works. Um, we also have a great deferred comp system where there's a 401k, or I'm sorry, 457, which is what we've always had for the last 20 some odd years, which is the pre-tax dollar, which reduces your taxable liability for the year. So you should have a better tax return um, but when you withdraw it in the retirement years you will get taxed on that withdrawal and the growth so that's great if you want to retire early because as soon as you separate from the um, ocfa you can actually draw off that and live on it live off of it um without penalty so if you didn't want to go to fifty, you want to go to 55 and you're a pepper member you can retire re- at 55 live off your 401 or 457 plan and then defer your retirement to 57 to maximize that 2.7%. The Roth is great too. You can save on money. You pay post-tax dollars and it grows tax-free and you withdraw it later on in life. It's tax-free as well, but you can't draw out until 59 and a half without penalty. So I think you got to know what your situation is, what your plan is, and then realize there's a ton of options out there to set yourself up to move on to the next chapter of your life. It's really what you want and how you're going to get there.
1: That's that's, uh, that's pretty interesting. Those are pretty good scenarios too that you gave. Um, I didn't know some of that though. That's really good. Um, well, talking about OSERS overall and, and how uh, I think you commented on how great our system is, probably one of the best in the entire United States or near the top at least. How stable is it if it's so good?
0: That's uh, great. Uh, typically, OSERS has be, been considered somewhat of a conservative retirement system, which was good for us in the economic downturn. Um, so, just some quick stats um, at the end of 2021, we had had a 16.6% return on our portfolio, which is great because our assumed rate of return is 7%. So, that's going to help us um, knock down our, or increase, I guess, our funding level and reduce our unfunded liability. Um, So the three-year return has been 14.1%. The five-year is like 10.8%. And the 10-year return has been 9%. So um, on top of that, like I said, you're getting your colas. Um, We have a phenomenal team doing the investments and managing the retirement fund. Um, Our CFO, our chief financial officer, I'm sorry, CIO's chief investment officer, Molly Murphy, just won a huge award for... um, success within the pension systems um, so it's been we are in a great great system and our funding status is 76.5 uh for osers as a whole and the fire authority i believe is uh just crested 90 percent. so we're doing really 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 well so everyone should be um feeling good about what's happening and try not to worry about the looming downturn that's supposedly going to happen
1: yeah, that's, uh, that's good information. Um, those are the questions that I had for you. Do you have uh, anything that you wanted to add? Or All right, Chief, oh. I got
0: one more thing I want to add to kind of illustrate um, where each of your retirement dollars comes from. It's broken down into three parts. So $0.54 cents of your retirement dollar from 2021 came from the investment returns at OSERS. $0.31 cents came from OCFA's contributions towards your retirement and 15 cents came from the employee's contribution towards your retirement. So if you look at it, um, the OCFA and OSERS is really, their performance is, is incredibly successful, and yeah, that's pretty much all I want to illustrate.
1: You're, so you're paying 15 cents on the dollar? Yes. Wow.
0: We're paying 15 cents on the dollar. We are aiming to get to 100% funded uh, in the OCFA as well, and Looking at the way things are going now, we should be 100% funded for the OCFA as a whole between the years 2025 and 2027. Um, when that does happen, that will free up some working money for us. Um, and then to really understand the benefit of PEPRA and to recognize the, the advancements and the savings from PEPRA, that's gonna take place between 2032 and 2034 that's really, really gonna help and lower our costs of the agency as a whole for uh, salary and benefits. So as much as PEPRA is kind of a, a kick in the gut, I guess, for some people, compared to what was the prior generation had, um, it's gonna really pay off in about 10 years from now, and it's gonna be a significant savings. Um, I think that's probably it. Um, I, one more thing is that since 1998, our calls have averaged about 2.3 to 2.4%. Um, if you were to average it out for all those years. So you can kind of count on that. And I think that's probably it now, without getting into too much detail. If anyone has questions, feel free to call me. I'm at station 9 on A shift, or you can email me. I'd be happy to answer any questions you have. If I don't know the answer, which there's a lot to know, I will definitely send you the right person at Osers and just start planning early.
1: That's good. And and it brings me to one last point, or uh, what you just brought up is, if we have uh, a lot, and I know we've hired uh, 550 people in the last six years, and there's probably another 150 this year, they're all PEPRA. That's in the long run, definitely strengthening, I, I guess, based on what you said, strengthening the retirement system.
0: Well, yeah, PEPRA more. was enacted to basically be a cost savings for agencies, like <clears throat> for agencies like ours, not only for the fire authority but all of its membership cities um so it it will pay off it's just going to take time to where a majority of our members are PEPRA and not legacy and at that point cost of salary and benefits will go down
1: got it hey do you mind uh, sticking around and asking me a few of these questions that uh I either picked up at stations or uh, someone's emailed me
0: absolutely
1: all right let me slide these over and...
0: all right number one let's see here can you tell us how the staffing crisis has personally affected you
1: uh, yeah. Um, I don't know if this is directed at me, like, am I getting forced? Obviously, I'm not getting forced, and, and, and I don't think that's uh, what the direction was. But has it personally affected me? Absolutely, it, ha- it has. Not only me, but everybody uh, You know, in executive management. Um, we want staffing to be stabilized. Um, we want our employees um, to have some of that family time at home. Uh, we understand that, uh, everything that's going on. I mean, whether it was COVID, it's the workers' comp increase... It's the open spots. Um, It's affected me personally and and us as a group and as a team to where uh, we're doing everything we can to uh, come up with a solution. And we threw together that ad hoc committee. Um, We invited everybody in. We had some really good ideas from it. We had some ideas that we needed to meet and confer with. We had some ideas that probably weren't too realistic, Um, but that was helpful information from everyone uh we spend you know 24 7 uh either on the phone or uh, the computer with uh the division five chief mike contreras the individuals at station 22 that are doing staffing uh local 3631 uh staffing uh individual i mean we've we, we it affects us we all want staffing to stabilize and we think we got a pretty good plan and and it's starting to come fruition some of it i i was at a station the other day and a firefighter paramedic said i haven't been forced or i've only been forced once this year now i know we just started the year we're only what six weeks seven weeks into it but he's only been forced one time that's pretty good especially for the firefighter paramedic rank that's like almost unheard of so we're making some progress we know the bls firefighter is not getting forced hardly at all engineers are getting forced a little bit and the captains are really the ones that are, are getting forced a bunch. So the plan for that is moving forward and, and we think it's a good plan. Um, when we get uh, up to staffing or, or when we're having these staffing issues, there's things that we can't do like you know training assignments, uh, overhead assignments. Like we talked about earlier, you know, we have 650 new people or we're going to have 650 new people with less than six years on. That's a lot of new people that could get a lot of experience, whether they were going out of county as an overhead, whether they were going out of county on USAR, whether they were going out on strike teams, uh, whether they were doing training assignments or training classes, all those things take a backseat to uh, staffing our frontline equipment. So um, I think our solution is exciting. I think we've learned a lot, um, You know, even being in emergency condition you know, holding the whole department over didn't make sense. So we we, we shredded it down to just holding two per rank over. Um, and then we even started doing some on-call stuff. So we've learned a bunch during uh, this last probably, what, two months, um, which is all good stuff. We, you just don't know what's going to happen in the future. You know, we got March Madness coming with the retirements like we just talked about. Uh, Fullerton potentially coming over. We got Santa Ana coming up on their 10-year mark. Uh, and then who knows what else, if there's another pandemic or COVID kicks back in. But I know that I can count on the individuals that are working here. Um, we stepped up big this last six weeks or really the last three years. You know, I, I talked to other peers in other organizations and they're browning out stations. We're not doing that here. We're actually covering our dirt. People are meeting their oath. And it's, you know, I'm proud to, proud to be leading and out in front but the ideas are coming from from the field the ideas are coming from everybody it's a team effort there's no doubt about it but it has affected me personally
0: so let me ask you chief um
1: oh no we're not going off script
0: what do you think (laughs) how long do you think it'll take till we actually see the the changes in the plan for staffing where the forces are actually being reduced for the captains and the ranks that are getting forced more
1: frequently it's a great question so nobody can foresee the uh, future but um like the example i just gave who would ever thought firefighter paramedics are not getting forced or only once every eight weeks so that part's working the bls firefighters is working we have a plan for them in the future so not only is it working right now but we have a plan for them in the future engineers it's working there's getting a little forces right now, but we're going to have an engineer's list and we have the potential to promote the engineer's list. There are some things in there that uh, workers comp, some things that we can't really control or another pandemic. We, you know, we have no idea what's coming, but we, let's get to the captains because that was the meat of your question. Obviously, it's affecting you.
0: Well, I also understand that it takes a few years on to be able to promote the captains, So that's going to slow things down.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. But as as you're aware, we have a captain's academy right now with 22 members in it. So we don't know how many are going to pass the academy. Uh, Hopefully they all pass, but more than likely they won't all pass. And and I'll just throw a number out and I'm just randoming. I'm just going to say, let's say 15 pass. We have 20 captain openings right now. That means we would only have five captain openings because we promote them all. So
0: does that include the staff captains in the field?
1: Yeah. We have a total of five opening, pure, when I say pure openings. Now, if you want to look at just regular openings, there's all kinds of workers. There's four, there's 41 of those. So that's a whole different story. So I don't think those 15 promotions initially are going to solve the problem, but they're going to help the problem right behind that. We have another captain's academy lined up with 21 people. Now, all those other factors that I said, March Madness, Fullerton, Santa Ana, another pandemic, who knows what's going to happen. But if the, all those don't impact too, too much, we'll have another 15 to 20 captains to promote if there's openings for them. So I think things are going to get better. The plan looks good. It's heading down the right road, but there's always going to be speed bumps and there's always going to be something that we didn't expect.
0: Okay, Chief, there's a rumor out there that we're going to add additional staff BC positions. Is that true?
1: Yeah, so actually, uh, the rumor is true. We are uh, talking about adding an additional staff uh, BC to the academy. And the reason for it is if you stop and think about it, you know, we used to run academies of 20 to 25 people, maybe 30 if we were really pushing it. Our academies have been up to 50 for the past three years. So you you put a captain out there in charge of 50 people, plus 10 instructors, plus the guest instructors. It is really a giant impact for... fire captain who's normally used to supervising anywhere from three to five people so we think of having a battalion chief out there that's purely assigned to the training academy and actually from recruitment all the way till the time they get off probation will help ease some of the workload for the training chief and for the captain that ends up running the academy Um, remember the training chief is super busy with just training overall and i don't need to go into all the details of that But he's also the safety officer and we have safety officers in there also so this will free up some time for the training chief and it'll also um help with the academies
0: question number three can you give us an update on the ambulance response time issue and are we likely to see this issue improve in the coming
1: months okay so this is a question i get everywhere i go and 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 i know and we all we're all aware that the ambulance response times um Got got pretty bad for a little while. They definitely skyrocketed. Uh, I think we we've, we've seen them not only level off but drop back down. But they're still not to what we're used to. Um, and I, th- I think it's important to to kind of back up a little bit and talk about the ambulances here in Orange County. The ambulances are are not uh, OCFa's responsibility. OCFa we're the ALS providers in the county. The fire all fire departments are the ALS providers in the county. The ambulances are private for all the OCFA areas. Some fire departments like Huntington has their own ambulance, but for OCFA, uh, they're all private providers. So, and each one's a little bit different. Some of them have a contract with the city. So it's just between the city, usually a 201 city, the city and the ambulance and the fire department's not involved at all. Uh, some of them, depending on, on where they are, maybe the unincorporated areas or non-201 cities, uh, the contract is gonna be something that the county is going to be monitoring and watching. So. We're not the uh, we're not the the guards or the the, the uh, regulators of the ambulances, so it makes it a little bit diff- difficult for us. But we realize that we're on scene and these ambulances are taking a long time to get there. So Chief Fennessy and Chief Black have been extremely busy going directly to the county and specifically having some conversations and showing them that the ambulance companies are being delayed. They are. We are having issues with them. Um, their, their explanations are stuff like COVID is causing it. They're not getting enough EMTs just because of COVID. The APOT times or the amount of time that the ambulance get tied up at the hospital are affecting their responses, which are all you know legitimate things that are probably going on. But at the end of the day, we're saying they signed a contract to be on time, You know, 10 minutes code 3, 15 minutes code 2, and that's not happening. We're giving the county examples of, it took 45 minutes to get here, or here's a call to where our captain on scene had a critical patient and had to make a decision about waiting another 25 minutes for an ambulance to get there or making a decision and figuring out some alternate means of transportation. So um, are the ambulance times getting better? Yes. Are they to where we want them? No. Is it a statewide problem? Yes um are we the regulators no it's kind of where it is i I expect it to get better and we're not going to we're not going to stop uh just because they're getting better we're going to continue to um, push for uh, the ambulances to meet their contract requirements
0: so for those who don't know chief can you explain what 201 is
1: 201 city is a city that's provided ambulance services since uh, i think it's 1980 on they've actually uh provided ambulance services so they have the right to do that where other cities gave it up and gave it to the county they no longer have that right to actually provide that so a city we have five of them a city like garden grove they have 201 rights that's where i said the contract was between the city and the ambulance company we have nothing to do with it and and then that that requires the city to monitor that contract and i'm not so sure all the cities. Are monitoring that or maybe the ambulance companies are saying we're doing fine and they they think that we're doing fine and they're really not consulting maybe the als provider which which is us so that's kind of what we run into thanks all
0: right chief last question uh we have so many promotional testing so much promotional testing going on lots of probationary firefighters what's going on with our station libraries most references are outdated and available online
1: yeah, it's a it's an interesting question. And when you go back in the history uh, of the stations, you can probably recall going and an inventory and, and most of the station libraries were Monthly. pretty outdated. Yeah, you remember. And uh, and so with technology over the time, we've started putting a lot of stuff online, um, the SOPs, the general orders, the handbooks, that stuff's all online. So um, and, and should be updated often. But what we found was there's uh, nine core books that directly correlate to our promotions that uh, needed to be updated. And so basically your station library, depending on how many books you have on it, is going to remain the same. Uh, You can do what you want with that. But there's these nine books that go directly with our uh, promotions. And uh, training has a bunch of copies of these books. And so you call up the training and say, hey, I'd like this book or that book or whichever one it is. They'll send it to you. You check it out like you were at the library. They're almost like a central library and they'll know the accountability of who has the book and you can, you know, keep it for two weeks or three weeks and then recheck it out or send it back. And that's kind of what we're doing right now. Now they're in the process of building a website uh, or part of the hive to where you can do it electronically. But if you need a book today, you just uh, call up here and they check it out to you. So The rest of the the material that's on promotional tests is online and uh, your library is uh, what it is right now. Great. Thank you. All right. Well, that uh, brings us to an end to this uh, second podcast. I appreciate uh, everybody tuning in. I know everybody's uh, doing a great job out up there. Uh, We really appreciate everything that everybody does. And uh, until next time, uh, we'll see you then. Thanks.